Kia ora and welcome to Shortland Street, the podcast. I'm Kura Forrester and today we're talking family ties. Ferndale is in no short supply of family drama. On the couch today is Sam Bunkle, better known as Dr Boyd Rolleston, and Reuben Milner, whose character, Dr Jack Hanna, has dealt with more family members dying than potentially any other character. Coming up later, we talk to Catherine Tong, mum to James, who plays Marley, and then Laura Hill and Jess Joywood join me to talk about all the goss from the show this week. Welcome! Thanks for being with us, guys. Oh, pleasure. Yeah, yeah, happy to be here. Let's just go through the Hannahs quickly. So Mm -hmm. you've got a brother? Curtis. Curtis. A younger sister, uh, father, all three are deceased. Hey, do something, help her. I'm trying. Chris, it's been too long. Oh, no, this can't be happening. Chris. No, don't stop. I have to. No, no, don't give up. You can't give up. Dad, please, it's Pixie. Do it. Don't do it before it's too late. I'm sorry, she's gone. <laughs> um, That's I, bad luck, eh? A mother who is in remission from breast cancer. Oh, yeah. And... There is also the stepmother, Kate. She's in jail. She's not in jail. Oh, she is in <laughs> the far north raising... Ki- no, the, the mother's in jail, right? The, the, no, she's not in jail. Somebody she went almost to jail. went to jail because she um, stole money from Drew. Yes. Yes, from the PSC, the plastic surgery clinic. Don't have a family in Ferndale. Yeah, no, don't. Basically don't. So in your real life, Ruben, do you have siblings as well? Yes, I have one... Just one real full brother, yep. two half-sisters, a stepsister, and a stepbrother. Oh, so heaps. Yep. Right. And uh, and what about you, Sam Bunkle? What's it like having a real-life family and a TV-life family? <laughs> Much like um, Ruben, actually. Interestingly, it, it was very similar to me in the end because I had... Um, it was like a Pakya Indian family, and that is actually the same as my my real life family. My wife is half Indian, and oh yeah, her, her father's from India. So um, that was just sort of like a freakish. Like Shorty is full of these weird coincidences. Like Boyd got um, Legionnaires' disease once, like five six years ago. And the writers had no idea, but I had Legionnaires' disease in my <gasps> real life. And they're like, what, what are the chances that, you know, like it's such a weird, rare disease and, and they didn't know and it just happened that wow. they picked the same thing. Yeah. It's just full, full of weird coincidence. So, yeah, um, there was this one time around um, Boyd and Zara's wedding. Yeah. And there was Zara and Rani, daughter Rani, and then Manish had come over and then, oh, this is terrible. I've forgotten her name, but um, it was a character that was Manish was gonna was sort of tied up with until surprise he came out and he was gay. But um, it was like I was like Classic. the token white guy in this Indian family, and I cool. was like, this is so great. Yes, I, I loved it. Um, but in terms of like, what's it like having a? It, it, you know, it does. I mean, you spend probably more time with them because you have a lot of scenes with them, but you start kind of. Like um, Rani was, oh, I wouldn't say she became like a daughter to me and um, Nivi, but we'd kind of check in with, you know, she, she'd, because that's, that's so, a weird thing with, course, with the, though, the teenagers eh? is they have to bugger off to school all the time and, and, yeah. and they're, you know, so you're like, oh, how, exam's coming up, How's you, how are you feeling about that? And, and you start to kind of talk as if they were your real family and you're like, oh, how were your exams? Yeah, are you getting into that college, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
But of course you do, eh? The amount of time mm. you spend with them, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. And it's the same with the people in your dressing room as well. Like you literally spend more time with these people some days than you do your actual family. And yeah. so, of course, you know, you know the ins and outs of everything that's happening in their lives. Yeah. You can sell it to Women's Day. Because, you know, they put us all in the house situation and then build a kind of, you know, family from there. And then, you know, some actors go method, some don't. But it's it's hard not to get a connection with these people that you're, you know, doing everyday, day-to-day things with in this house. And if there was just that wall... Blocking off the cameras, there would be no difference. It'd be a real house. Yeah, a real house. Taps don't work, though. No. TV doesn't work. (laughs) Horrible. Hey, so um, you guys must be big fans of Shortland Street. Who are some of your favourite families from back in the day or, like, currently? Some family dynamics, like, for me, um, Tama and Shannon were such a big family dynamic that I remember from back in the day. Um, Who else is there? I mean, you can't miss the number one Warners. The Warner family. How many kids? Yes. Seven, right? Seven? Yeah. That have been on screen? (laughs) (laughs) Chris Warner has seven kids that he knows of Yeah Um, That have shown themselves How many of them have died Oh, Don't have a family in Ferndale Yeah Horrible There's also um, the Hendersons Oh no, wait Well Martin Henderson Jenny (laughs) What was their last name? Harry and the Hendersons That was a different show That's a different show (laughs) Never mind Martin and the Hendersons Yeah Marge and I I um, was genuinely going to say the Hannahs before I knew I Ruben was, was sitting, yeah. sitting next to Ruben. Iconic today. family, eh? Yeah. So much drama. Yeah. And then, of course, Thomas and Mackenzie, who played Pixie, who kind of. She's doing the... okay, isn't she? Yeah, for herself. I mean, she managed to make it overseas. Yeah. <laughs> She's doing very just well. Just a little bit. Yeah. Even just yes. getting there is a, um, you know, pretty great achievement. I know. Yeah. And it's such a young age as well. And she's like mastered the craft pretty much. Speaking of, what's it like having little E's on set with you? Teenagers, little kids, does the dynamic change on set when you have children that you're working with? Oh, 100%. Like, what I really like, because, um, of course, the, the schedule for Shorty is just, you know, often all over the place and you get behind or you get ahead and, and stuff, but what they're really good at doing is, especially with newborns, is like this is the time that you have like you've booked out from 12 p.m. till 2 p.m., that's the time you've got with the baby. And so we really need to work around that. And sometimes that that can be quite challenging because it's like we've still got two scenes and we've got 10 minutes, but we need to finish in 10 minutes because you can't just go, oh, is it okay if we keep the baby? Like you do with adult actors (laughs) all the time. But babies knew yeah. you, you can't, and and little kids as well. So that that's quite an interesting thing. Is that like, you know, the pressure sometimes to to make that scene in the time that we have, or else we're going to lose that scene. Yeah. Um, and then also just the chaos because you can't, you know, my twins were who were absolutely delightful. But Romulus and Romulus Remus. and Remus. Gorgeous. But it's like here are the lines that we have written for you, and. <laughs> Hey guys, welcome to set. Are you, are you feeling like doing lines today? No, you're not. Okay, great. Okay, so Sam, you're going to say all these lines. Okay, great. Uh, yeah. And go. And but that's, I watched that's you with them, it. Sam. You build such beautiful rapport, eh? And like, there are there are people like their parents come on set, obviously, and sort yeah. of help wrangle. But it is kind of up to you sometimes as the actor to sort of well, you know, because you've got the relationship with them to sort of be like, yeah. all right, mate. Just be quiet for the moment. And, and yeah, and you got to yeah. build that connection as well because, yeah, like, on screen, it's obvious when the kid doesn't like you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. And there was it's a true. time I remember Nivy got really upset because in the script she had to tell the kid off. But these kids are, 
they're not they're, they were like three at the time mm. yeah they don't know the difference between fact and fiction and so yeah. it's like and action and she's like no Romulus don't do that and this guy this poor little kid starts crying for real because he's been told off yeah and then it's like okay cut sorry we need to do that again for whatever reason and now he's not going to do the naughty thing because he's just been told not to do it. Yes, it's very and confusing, it's just, eh? Oh, it's so Child confusing. Actors. These poor kids. How did Macaulay Culkin do it? I know. <laughs> what a ledge. Someone hey. just gifted with it. Yeah. Like our own uh, James, who plays Marley. Exactly. You, know, you just don't even need to... Com- he brings the conversation up. It's quite... And he's you know. so good. And he's so funny. And so conversations too. Yeah. yeah. Um, James's mum, Catherine, is joining us later on in the podcast. You're kidding. So stay tuned. Yeah. You're kidding me. She's actually sitting right here. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Rubes, the Hannah family has had some real run of bad luck like we were talking about. What is it like for you as an actor when your um, family members die like that? Yeah, well, it's hard. it was hard with this family, obviously, because I built a really good friendship outside with them. So just them leaving Shorten Street was, was hard. And then we're obviously gifted with some, like, devastating out scenes. For um, firstly, uh, yeah, Pixie. I mean, I think everyone can f- remember that death scene with um, Mum Margaret's loud wails at the end, and then there was oh. next Mo, who yeah, plane crash ended up trying to be a hero with internal bleeding and uh, later died. And then Jack got told after he woke up in the hospital, which is yeah, that's another devastating scene wow. as well. And yeah, so and I built a really good friendship with Jared as well. So that was sad to see him um, see him go. And then Jaden, obviously, who's one of my best friends in real life, we hang out every day, go fishing, or and um, yeah, all of that stuff. Built these hobbies together outside of work, and then we all know how he died as well. You know, by the gang member and retribution, that did really well as well. If you want to watch it, it's on TVNZ on demand. Yeah, check it out. Oh, sorry, TVNZ Plus. Oh, well done. And um, yeah, so it's, it, it was sad, and I, sh- you know, shed tears every single time Jaden left this place. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> Do you get nervous that you're the last Hannah standing? You know. But- well, I'm the last Hannah standing on the screen so far. So right. Mum's still around. Margaret's still alive, but she's just in Australia. Stuck okay. Some. Somehow. She could come back. Yeah, she could come back. Jack visits her. And let's just talk about how you ended up in a relationship with a crooked cop who killed Mm. your family. Yeah. So when you start reading those storylines, how does that make you feel when you sort of come up against a storyline and you're like, what? I what? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) What? This happens to me? Yeah, it was interesting to see as well because, well, a lot of Jack's career um, and storylines on Shorten Street have been quite like I don't know so on the soft side. So he's been quite like on the, on the on the fence person who you know doesn't say anything offensive or doesn't say anything. You know he's always like kind of a guru. So it was good to see him like stuff something up like this badly with his family as as well. Yeah, so it was it's cool to see. Sad to see that it was um, me that was probably the person that ended up getting my brother killed but yeah that um it's good to play that stuff though eh? it's so fun when you get a big gritty storyline you're like okay and it's hard not to like think it's real when you're reading it you know it's not hard it's hard not to put yourself in it and and, um you know think of the real situation so yeah yeah, it was sad reading it but um i got excited afterwards because it is a great storyline Shortland Street isn't just full of fake families. We've also got a whole host of real families on set each week. 
Joining us after the break is Catherine, who is the real-life mum of James, who plays Marley on the show. Welcome back to the podcast. We're back from the break. And joining us now on the couch is the wonderful Catherine, who is mother to James, who plays Marley on the show. Welcome, Catherine. Thank you. It's lovely to be here. Thank you for coming. Thank you so much for being here. Now, tell us a bit about James and when he became interested in acting. Great question. Well, it's all started. The the initial acting um, connection was that he was doing a wee drama course at TAPAC, which is a performing arts centre in Western Springs where we live. And he loved it. And that really was, that was how far it went. James has always been a very colourful, personable character. And so I asked them if they were interested in a six-year-old boy, as he was at the time, and they said yes. And then we went into lockdown and I got contacted by them saying there was a role on Shorten Street. I mean, we're probably a bit naive. We're just like, oh, well, we'll give it a go. And they came back the next day and said he had the part. I mean, it was really quick. That is so amazing. And they had to wait till the restrictions eased before he could start. But we were in, I think, maybe under level three. That's uh, right. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of restrictions. That's <laughs> a difficult way to start. So for mm. our listeners, Shortland Street went back to filming under level three, but we had to stay very separate. Mm. We had to do our own makeup. So it would have been a weird mm. place to be at. Yeah. Yeah. From the get go, though, he was, I remember he had, you know, you get a lot of kids on the show, but and, and you have to kind of really wrangle some of them. But James from the get go was like... You've you've got something special. Yeah, he, for sure. Like always there with his lines, new, you know, like talking like an actual actor. Yeah. Rather yeah. than like hmm. some kind of like, when are we going home now? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. He was fully in kind of work mode, but mm. fun fun James. But I mean the thing was that that was the only connection was a little course at Tapac. It actually wasn't until we started that we realised that this is his space without sounding you know, it was just it was so natural for him. You're right. A real surprise to us. Wow. But he, he, he loves it. I mean, his first scene was filmed at midnight in a dark street in a car accident where his father dies in the car and he's thrown out of the window. Joe? Yeah? Can I see my daddy now? Soon, mate. But we're going to look after you first, if that's okay. Good that was literally the first day. I mean, it was just crazy. and But he took it all on. And, um, and he loves that. Yeah. And so do you have to help him with his lines, obviously, and yeah, get so, him prepped? Yeah, yeah, I took advice from some other mums um, in the first few weeks and said, oh, what do you do about the lines? Because from day one, he had lines from day one. So it wasn't like, oh, we'll just see if he wants to do it. It was like, here's your script. Wow. And he was only six at the time. And anyway, um, I got some really nice advice um, that not to put any pressure on and kids absorb it really easily. And so pretty much the scripts come through and he might read it the morning of at the breakfast table. So I just sort of like put it in front of him and give him a highlighter. <laughs> and then the next time he sees a script is the car on the way out. So we'll be driving and I'll just be like, oh, have a wee read. Oh, I wish I had a you in my life. <laughs> have <laughs> a wee read of this. Yeah. <laughs> You guys are, I don't know how you learn all your lines. It's extraordinary. And then the third time is before we go on set, they do a run through. And so then it's kind of game on at that point. Like, you know, all the other actors are not having their scripts with them. So I think at that point you can see he just sort of steps up a bit and he tries to not have a script. And by then, for a child who doesn't have to think about much else, they've absorbed the lines. So when they go on set, he just knows it. Incredible. I mean... 
they're amazing. They'll cure him or stop or whatever if he needs it, but it's so seldom that we have to do that. Like, yeah. He's very well liked on set, very mm. well, oh, um, you know, you. received. Now, Marley, the actual character, has been going through a bit of a rough time lately. What's lately? It? Yeah. <laughs> from I mean, day from one. Day one. <laughs> I mean, it's been a total disaster Talk about life. family ties. Yeah, yeah, he's had a tough life. So how is that for you having to – do you have to sort of talk about that stuff with him mm. if it gets a bit tricky or – It's a good question because I know that those follow who follow him or there's been a lot of comments on the Facebook page about – because sometimes I read them – about um, how does Marley's parents handle this or is this damaging him? Oh, goodness. So been, I'm like, oh, my God, now I feel really responsible. Um, but it's a fair comment. He's – had rheumatic fever, he's been kidnapped, his father's died, his mother's in prison, he's broken his arm, he's run away, all in the space of the time he's been on the show. So, um, uh, look, he's a child, so and he has a very happy disposition, James, so he really seems to be able to separate the reality from the beginning. Yeah. Um, he's the youngest of three, so he's two older teenage sisters, so, you know, so he's probably a little bit more mature than if he was, you know, the only or the oldest child yeah, maybe. Yeah, right. So that helps, yeah. That's so cool. I was going to ask, you've recently started an Instagram for James. Does he have, does Molly have many followers? And if so, what's that like? Because, you know, Short and Treat fans are vocal. They're very committed, you know. So, I mean, we as adults obviously know to just ignore the rubbish sometimes. And um, But does Marley yeah. get involved in that? Um, Marley, sorry, James, get involved in that side of it? Yeah, I mean, I was in two minds about starting a page, but I just do it with good intentions. So for me, it's that people really love his character and they want to, you know, see him show up. So that was the reason for doing it. Obviously, it wasn't my choice. My husband and I chatted about it. And then, so we made the decision as parents and then we just said to James that we were thinking about doing this and how did he feel? <laughs> He's just totally fine with it, <laughs> of course. Yeah. Um, but I said that it would be managed by me and, um, you know, it would just be behind the scenes in your acting life. It's not like we're going to, you know, put everything on there. Yeah. And he was cool with that. So I just went ahead and did it and then... Lovely Shortland Street kind of collaborated with us when we launched it, and um, so he's got eighty-one followers. Wow, <laughs> almost as many as you wrote. Yeah, hard, hard, hard. <laughs> Just another forty-one thousand. Whoa! Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but Shortland Street can do amazing things for your profile. So, yeah. do you think this is something that James will continue to do? Well, uh, that's a, also a good question. We have no idea. This could just be a moment in his life and then one day it will be over and we'll say, remember that time you're on Shortland Street? And we're all okay with that, including James, although, to be honest, he wants to come back as a doctor, as oh. an adult. So he's sort of expecting one day he won't be on it, but then he reckons he's going to make a comeback as a Oh, that would be, be incredible. Awesome. And How if he left now, then he could come back in like two years as like... <laughs> yeah, that's... Doogie Yeah, yeah. 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 That would probably be the first time that's happened on the history of the show, like a child actor coming back well, as an adult. It? Well, no, so. Finn... Um, well, I guess they were born on the show and then Finn and... But they didn't act as their kids. Yeah, they, were, yeah, they didn't act as kids. Actor. They were just newborns, yeah. brand oh, newborns. Oh, go James. Yeah. People have definitely come back as different characters. But yeah, yeah, same yeah. True. starting as a kid and coming back years later. But he could come back and we could all be like, oh, <laughs> that boy looks familiar. 
Family is important in Ferndale, but so are spoilers and knowing what's happening this week. So, after the break, Jackie Nairn shares her favourite memory of family life in Ferndale. And then, Laura Hill and Jess Joywood join me to talk about all the goss from the show this week. I'm Jackie Nairn, everyone calls me Jack, and I played uh, Nurse Wendy Cooper from um, about the beginning of 2010 till 2016. When you're cast on Shortland Street, you become part of a big family, but I think the great thing about my journey on the show was that I was a part of a smaller family called the Coopers, and um, we had such a great time. Uh, There were the five Coopers initially, then we did this great storyline where we brought in two foster children. And one of those was KJ Upper, who, of course, is now, you know, Riverdale famous and has 18 million people on Instagram or something crazy. But when we knew him, his mum still made his lunch and packed vitamins in his lunchbox and he was divine. But, you know, we had a great time as a Cooper crew and, um, yeah, I wouldn't change it for anything. What makes a Ferndale family special? Um, Well, for us, we all loved each other to bits. Like, um... I existed in the show for six months without my family, so they all existed in phone calls, um, which was incredibly difficult for me because they just, I didn't know what they looked like. I didn't, they, you know, there were conversations about power bills and all sorts of stuff. But when they finally came on, we had to um, uh, suddenly be a family. So what we did before we started shooting is I said to them, let's all go out and have dinner together. So we went to a Thai place in Ponsonby Road on a Sunday night and we had a family dinner before our first scene following day and boy that made such a difference and since that from from that very first night we all felt bonded because we'd had experiences outside and experience outside the show and so um and that it just grew from there and you know you end up spending more time with your shorty family than you do with people in your own life because you're with them from 7 45 in the morning till 6 30 at night five days a week so you get to know people incredibly well. You understand the rhythm of people, how they are as human beings, and that tra- then translates into their characters. So, um, yeah, we ended up with this incredible um, bond between the five of us and then between the seven of us that just grew and grew and grew. And and the beauty of being in a family that lasts that long is that you have uns- you have this history. So it's not like new characters where they've got to, um, you know, create these backstories out of nothing. We had six years of backstory. So if you think about people that you know in your life and how long you've known them, you know, if you've known someone six years and how well you know them, that's how well we know each other. So I think it's about um, relationships. It's about history. It's about the real connections that then inform the pretend connections on TV and that just makes it more real. And yeah, yeah. And just, and just also those, the thing I loved about the Coopers is they were just a regular Kiwi family and, um, you know, all the arguments and the, um, all their little idiosyncrasies that we all have in our own families. Sorry, mum and dad, brothers. Um, but we do. And the Coopers really embraced that. And, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was a ride. All right, it's everybody's favourite segment with the writers. That's right, Shortland Street may have been going for 30 years, but the drama is still red hot, red hot. So it's time to jump into this week's storyline and dissect the drama with my favourite head writers, Laura Hill and Jess Joy Wood. Woo! Yay! What's up? Woo! Um, Just writing stuff. How's the, how's the writing? Yeah, the weather? Weather. Sucks. Sucks. 
Might be it's always nice. sunny in Ferndale, though. Exactly. <laughs> Often sunny in Ferndale, indeed. No, it's not. I had to film a scene this morning or yesterday morning in the rain, and Pus- I had to wrangle an umbrella. Pissing it down. Pissing it down. Do they let you have an umbrella? Sometimes they don't because sound <sighs> complains I'll about it. What, yeah, and I had to, and I was blocking my scene partner's shot with my brolly. It was a big that thing. That was deliberate, though, eh? Amateur. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't really like other people in my scenes. <laughs> Speaking of scenes, what the hell did we just see on Shortland Street last week? Big week. Well, I just want to start with Esther and Marty. What? You guys didn't tell me about that. I know. <gasps> Did anyone see that coming? I don't think so. Slip that one it. in, so to speak. Oh, too much. Laura. Too much. Laura. Laura. I like it. <laughs> I mean, can you tell me what's going to happen there? Or is it, how did we end it with those two? That was a bit of a, it was, a, I think, a bit out of the blue for both of them. So they were both kind of off, sort of, Marty's got his thing with Monique and a bit frustrated by her game playing. Esther's kind of got this um, flirty kind of kind of conflict vibe with Rahu. Um, but ultimately those two kind of end up drawn back together and they just have a little kind of sexy times. God, you just moment. can't help who you like sometimes, right? The no. heart wants what the heart wants. But they sort of, they left it like, okay, that's a one-time thing. Okay, cool. And then, as yeah, as we would have seen, then luckily for Marty, Monique said, "How's about we just scratch the last twenty four hours?" Because I was being silly. Oh, and start Marty fresh. Says, Clean slate. Okay. Deal. <laughs> wow. How convenient. God, he's lucky that Marty. Isn't he? Okay, and um, another massive week for Maeve. Yeah. Old Maeve Mullins. Mm. Yeah, look, last week was huge, actually, and it's been a, a story that we've kind of been seeding in over the last few weeks with Alexis and Gavin, um, who came into to Ferndale as our protesters, protesters um, for the bottling plant that's been um, erected in the forest out, outside Ferndale. And they came in as protesters and she's a big kind of Instagram person and she caused chaos with Nicole where she got spat on by a protester, a, a follower of Alexis's. But it's all kind of been, we've been sitting them in and, and it's actually turned out that Gavin was abusing Alexis. And Maeve... Jumps in, boots and all. Jumps in. Of course she does. Yeah. Of course she does. Um, But unfortunately, it it, it doesn't actually end well. And she she thinks she's get, yeah, well, she thought she got Alexis to safety at the women's refuge. But as we know, so many women go back to their partners, and Alexis did. And unfortunately, Gavin killed them both in a car crash. What? Which, yeah, which led to a follower of Alexis's coming and spitting. Uh, on Nicole, but it's yeah. So this week we've Maeve's found out that actually Gavin is abusing Alexis, and it's been something that she's sort of suspected along the way. She's seen little danger signs, little warning signs, uh, bruises on Alexis's arm. Um, but this week she follows her hunch, and it's, it's confirmed. Or last week she did. Sorry, she follows her hunch, and it's confirmed that. Gavin has been abusing Alexis. And so they take her to a safe house. Yes. But unfortunately, as we know, a lot of women do go back to their partners and Alexis does. And in this case, it doesn't end well. And uh, Gavin kills them both in a in a car accident. Holy moly. Gavin survives though. Does he? Yep. Did we change that? Yeah. When we saw, we saw you see him get wheeled out. Man, that's a full-on storyline, eh? That's heavy stuff. And so, yeah, so unfortunately she does go back and Gavin uh, kills her. Far out. Yeah, which we've seen. So it's, yeah, big. Yeah, big week. Big week. Yeah. And a, a big lot. thing for Maeve kind of going, she, again, sort of, 
jumped in, got involved, and did it actually turn out for the best this time? So she's carrying, you know, sort of guilt and conflict about that. Yeah, right. Sheesh. Full on stuff. Okay, well, that was the recap on what we uh, saw last week. Now, what can we expect this coming week, my little gossip queens? (laughs) (laughs) So... TK and CC are trying to make things work. You know, sort of the truth is out there now and they're kind of trying to face it together and get through it together. Uh, and then they face a challenge when uh, when old mate from Wellington <gasps> pops up again. Not Tiranga Pai herself. Tiranga Pai, her, the very one. Her she very has self. the balls to show her face in Ferntail again. Oh, well, it's sure a work is. thing, but also terribly convenient that she has to have meetings with TK. Unbelievable. Yeah. But this time I think Cece might get the upper hand. <gasps> okay, I am tuning in. I love when Teronga Pai comes to town. <laughs> too fierce woman. Yes. And, I, and I'm guessing Desi gets involved in that too somehow. She sure does. <laughs> <laughs> Desi loves getting involved. Yeah. Okay, cool. And uh, what else can we expect this coming week? So this week Leanne gets close to the, to the Warner house again and Chris, who she loves. She's always hashtag Team Warner. Um, and when she's sort of invited in to sort of be the carer for Amelie, um, I think she just feels that that's a really good place for her. It's like a spiritual home. Um, we've seen her in the Warner house before when she was just on cleaning or something. I've got like a vague recollection of her iron and Chris's undies or something. Yeah. Um, and remember and just, that whole painting thing that happened? Yes. Yeah. The girls went drinking there and stuff. But yeah, so so Leanne feels a very strong connection to the Warner house and I think is feeling very good about the fact that she's uh, ensconced there again. And she's also um, developing some friends outside of Ferndale, who we haven't seen much of as yet. But she's developing kind of a new friendship group, who we'll see a bit more of um, in, in the coming weeks. Ooh, but that's, spicy. Yeah, it's a bit mysterious, isn't it? That's it. Yeah, and um, Monika Marty, who are keeping things light and sexy and fun, are suddenly foisted with uh, delving a little deeper into their relationship, uh, whether they want to or not. Pregnant. Oh. Is she? Or are they getting a puppy? Oh say? my god, it's I'd so say. fun trying to guess. <laughs> <laughs> so it's light and sexy and then it's all like actually it's serious. Need to have a little think about this. Oh yeah. my gosh, Marty and Monique. And any other secrets that we can um, expect next week? Well, I think Desi, particularly this week, makes herself some enemies. <gasps> no, surely not. She gets <laughs> TK in her sights for oh. two reasons. Mm. She's look. She's a loyal friend. You got to mm. say that about her. And like, a loyal wife. Mm. So she might do the wrong things, but it's for the right reasons. Oh, jeez. <laughs> she's got a lot of emotions, right? Dizzy is running hot. Yep. So, yeah, she is, and yeah. rightly so. I mean, yeah. Poor Damo's, you know, in a coma, and she's keeping herself. Busy at the bar. Yeah. Looking after Donnie. Looking after Donnie, trying to be a good friend to Cece. But it's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. Oh, my gosh. Well, I don't know about you guys, but I'm tuning in next week. And one other tidbit, guys, I don't know if you know this, but there's um, one resident of Ferndale finds themselves homeless this coming week. Who? I can't tell you, but the only reason is because I saw her filming it the other day. It's a her. <laughs> that's a good enough. Um, well, that's, I think, yeah. That's right, yeah. It's Who a could her, it and be? it's not the first time she's been homeless Ooh, on the show. That's a good little piece of trivia for all of our avid watchers. Somebody might be able to figure that out. Uh, mm. You can text me, and if you get the right answer, 
Chocolate oh, fish. I'll give you a chocolate bar. I'll give you a chocolate <laughs> fish. But I won't give you my number. That's been the podcast. Hey, thanks so much for the gossip. Thank you. Thanks. Now get back to writing. Thanks for listening. Follow the show on iHeartRadio to get each week's episodes and tune into Shorten Street weeknights at 7pm on TVNZ2 or stream on TVNZ+. Plus. Catch you next week. Is it you?